I can see all obstacles in my way. Can you? Part of the darkness I've been, is it praying for? Gonna be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. See, I thought it was dreaming of. I was totally off. Yeah. Darkness I've been dreaming of. Darkness I've been, I don't remember what the lyrics are there. Write your letters here to What the Ship Are You Doing? <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is the podcast, What the Ship Are You Doing? What the Ship Are You Doing? Are huh. you guys in a relationship? You, uh... Have you been in relationships? Are you looking for one? Do you know anybody at all in this wide world of, of social distancing, quarantine? Some people are like, what relationships? Who do I know? I know no one. I learned today that I have a fundamental relationship with Facebook. Oh, you sure do. And uh, uh, when they turn that off for me, it's uh, the most... It's, she's a real person, Facebook. Just let her back in. Right. I got put in Facebook jail because they think I'm not real, but I'm very real. And um, it's because you generate a lot of content. It's true. They don't really have those exceptions in the algorithm for content creators. But my point is, I realized today that I feel like a friend of mine is mad at me and we're not talking right now. (laughs) And um, I I think it's just because like Facebook represents my connection to so many people. Right. And it's the tool industry and it's where you've been. Oh, it's also my work and everything. You have had your head down and in Facebook since this whole, I mean, since even before the quarantines, but like for years, since 2012, this is what I do. So to have Facebook be like, no, you don't get an account today and we'll let you know in a couple of days if we feel like giving you your account back does that mean are you still at least available on like instagram i'm on instagram okay um but you can't even like i don't even have facebook messenger so the people that i don't have their cell phone numbers there's just like crickets like good luck you're gonna have to reach out to someone who knows me right but my account is deleted so you can't even see that you know what i mean right i i know i searched you earlier and i i got your name but when i went like clicked on your name to go to your page it just Nothing. Nothing. Maybe you can reach out to your friends from my Facebook and talk for a day or two till they <laughs> like, hi, will you friend me? Hi. I am the temporary go between. But I swear <laughs> to God, if you get me shut down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not me. I'm not contagious. Like I did do it. I don't have the virus. Aww. 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 Yeah, so uh, my name is Kirsten. I'm Lisa. And we're in a relationship. We are. We're in many. We're in so many relationships. We're in a relationship together. We are. And then we're in a relationship with other people. Many relationships with other people. Many different types of relationships. And we like to talk about it from an angle that a lot of people are a little bit like, about. So that's why we started a podcast. Because really, um, you and I will just have our relationship in going. And it's, I feel like, very healthy and awesome. And people look at it. Yeah, we do our best. We're we're not perfect. God, no. I mean, I am. You are. And you are. (laughs) Oh. But together, we're very human and we work on that. So Sure. Uh, not that I ever not want to be human, but you know what I mean. So then human other people are human. like, hey, how do you do that? And I'm like, good question. Let's talk about it. <laughs> so you say, how do you do <laughs> How do you be so short? <laughs> <laughs> There's a little internet cartoon called Homestar Runner. Yeah. If you go to the Teen Girl Squad, the teen section. Girl Squad you will find that reference in there. And I'm going to tell you, it's terrible. It's like the I'm going to say, don't do it. But it's, unless you it's, just, it was so funny in two thousand four, five, six. It when was, he was hilarious. When they were creating their con. Oh man, it was the best of the internet. Yeah. It was every Monday. It was a religion yeah. for me. Yeah, the yeah. Teen Girl Squad. That takes me back. Take me back. So we are um, quarantined at home. We've been quarantined for almost two weeks, mm-hmm. and uh, we already 
work from home and spend a lot of time at home. So this wasn't really new for us when it comes to the amount of time we're spending together. And like we've mentioned in previous episodes, we hiked the Pacific, a big chunk of the Pacific Crest Trail together where we spent 111 days together. So like us spending a lot of time together isn't new or upsetting for me or for you, I believe. Right. Also, it's not upsetting if either of us get to a place where we're like, hey, I love you. I need solo time. Isolation time. Yeah. Yeah, I need a further quarantine. Yeah, I need a deeper quarantine. I need to feel a little lonely right now. Right. right. And, and we have a really good balance and a way we communicate about that. And it's awesome. Right. I've always said too, like my best, my best stride of relationshiping is when I miss you a little bit. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who the you is. It can be you, Kirsten. It can be you, my mom. It can be you, my family. Like it can be anybody. As long as I miss you a little bit, mm-hmm. that makes me feel like I want more. Right. And it's that old stage adage of always leave them wanting more. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of where my headspace is when it comes to yeah. people and, and, and being around them. Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. So um, we were talking last night, trying to come up with a topic for today, an idea of what did we want to discuss. Right. And what we decided is we are going to talk about being passive. We talk about mm. being passive aggressive a lot, but we don't we do. really talk about passive and how that affects relationships and right. relationshiping. Yeah. So like if you, I, I'm the queen of, of uh, you know, an, an analogy, right? So if I'm upset by something or bothered by something and somebody asks me, well, how do you feel about that? And I say, fine, because I, A, just don't want to deal with the argument. B, I'm not ready to talk about it. C, who knows what else could be going on. You don't care. D, you don't care. Whatever my reaction is, if it isn't my honest thoughts and feelings, that is being passive. Mm -hmm. That is saying, I'm I'm either not ready or I'm not there. And that's putting it on me to finally address it when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can be the mature one. You can be the one who stands up and says, I, I appreciate you asking this question. I'm not ready to talk about it right now at this minute. But I, when I feel ready, maybe I can address it with you then. Mm-hmm. Take out the maybe. I can address it with you then when I'm ready to talk about it. Right. Um, Or you can just straight up say, I'm feeling annoyed at every little thing, and I recognize that's not your fault, so I probably need space. Mm -hmm. Or whatever that conversation is for you. Right. And I think that... uh, Or I'm feeling ignored, and I I want more time. I I really liked when we were discussing this a little bit last night, Mm -hmm. when you talked about when when that's worth it and when it's not. So I know that that was a really vague statement. So go uh, for it. A a wise friend once said to me, is this is the person standing in front of you worth fighting with? And I've always thought that was such a because it it makes two things happen in my brain. First of all, is the argument, the fight, the whatever I'm about to have or the conversation I'm about to have worth my time, my energy, my whatever. Mm -hmm. If it's not, say so. Yeah. And if it is, then that means the person you're about to have a conversation with is probably also worth fighting with side by side. Yes. That is a person you're going to stand shield to shield with and out against the the, whoever's coming from the outside attack. Right. The concern. Right. It's like you and your best friend. Mm -hmm. The reason you work well together because you can talk about anything. Right. Right. 
That's right. I mean, that's the fundamentals of it, right? Is mm. communication and, and connection and, and is it worth it? Because I definitely have times in my life where I come up against a person or a situation that is not worth my time. It's mm. not worth my energy. Uh, I've either tried before and they didn't hear me, understand it, or have any desire to change. And again, I kind of have to love people where they're at and not try right. and change them. So I've decided which again, very much limits any availability for emotional intimacy or vulnerability or growth or connection that's authentic or deep at all. Because there's a certain level of like, oh, well, I can't go there with that person. Right. So at that point, it's like, oh, well, you're not worth fighting with. Right. You're not worth fighting next to. And right. so it's not worth having the conversation. So my passive uh, response to that is actually from a energy preservation and a right. self love. It's self love right. for me to choose. Well, I'm going to be passive I towards feel this person. Like there are always two sides to every coin, yes. right? If we all know how to be passive, there are there are proper ways to use it. There are improper ways to use it. If we all know how to be angry, there are proper ways to use it. There are improper ways to use it, mm-hmm. right? We all have the capacity to be passive, but are we using it in a healthy way, right? If we're doing it just so we can wallow in something and then blame someone later, no, that's passive aggressive. (laughs) Absolutely. And it's not, that's not helpful. It doesn't promote emotional ownership. It doesn't help you. It it creates victimhood instead of uh, ownership and creation and possibility. I have, uh, you know, someone in my life who I am deeply emotionally connected to. Mm. Um, but this person also has other things going on in their life. And she feels deeply about me. I feel deeply about her. But at the same time, we don't share the same space. We have different values and different beliefs. Mm-hmm. But we freaking love the shit out of each other right right so the way we navigate that is that we enjoy each other when we get to see each other when we get to spend time together and then when we don't we don't take that personally right it's like having long-term friends who you've known for years and years right um and knowing that if one of them was to ring you you'd pick up the phone and be like girl how you been oh my gosh like it's been yesterday right my least favorite thing in the world is when someone picks up the phone, calls, you call them, whatever, and they're like, well, it's about time. That shit don't fly. Not for me, no. <laughs> Excuse me? Phones work both ways. Right. Like, there's Did so many miss flaws. Me? Oh, I would love for you to call me if you miss me. Ma. <laughs> My right. mom is the quintessential. Really? Like, oh, oh, I was just sitting here waiting for someone to call. She's getting past that. She's oh, going good. beyond that. But like for the longest yeah. time, it was, oh, well, I was just hoping someone would notice me over here. And I'm like, you friggin' Eeyore. Yeah, it's like that is the biggest victim statement right there. I'm like, listen, if you want to create connection with someone else, that's up to you to do. And it's okay to be the fool in the room. Like the biggest like dating advice, the biggest uh, personal advice, be the fool who says, I care about you. Yeah. Be the person who says, no, I love you. That's why I'm here. I... And I want it to be known that I care about you. That is why I'm standing here in front of your face. Yeah. What? Oh, you don't feel the same way? Okay. Well, now I know how to maintain myself in your space. Yes. Ooh, let's talk about that a little bit. What do you mean? How do you maintain yourself when you, what you feel for someone doesn't align with what they feel for you? Right. Oh, well. Good stuff. <laughs> I like this. I'm having fun. <laughs> you keep, uh, I think you learn to keep a, a certain type of distance. Like... Um, 
there was someone I was dating a while back, right? Who yeah. I really, really love her. I love spending time with her. Um, and we have a great time. But if we, like, we don't, we don't, I'm trying to think of a better way to explain this other than this dating thing. That might be the most relevant, though. Well, no, I was thinking about, too, like, because it really is uh, associated to, like, when I was teaching. Yeah. You know, every year I would get a new crop of kids, Mm -hmm. right? And if I walk into that classroom every year, like, every one of these children is my my own child, and I'm going to take care of them that way, and they're always going to be mine, nine months from now, they're not mine anymore. Right. How do you protect yourself from being so heartbroken. attached or yeah. heartbroken, right? Yeah, attachment. Because those kids, I promise you, especially when they were super young, they don't remember you. You're going to remember weird shit about them for the rest of your adult life, and they won't. Right. Right? Yeah. Uh, so teachers learn that trick very early on. Yes, you love the students you work with, and you're dedicated to them for that time. But after that... You let them go and do their thing. I feel it's the same process with friends that you care about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I care about you in this way, and you care about me in that way. I'm going to meet you where you are. I'm going to cherish the way you feel for me. And yes. I hope that you'll cherish the way I feel for you, because here's the truth. I can't make you feel anything. Right. You can't make me feel anything. Right. I feel my feelings and I feel my feelings about my thoughts and other thoughts. Yes. But uh, my feelings are the only set I have. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, In my experience, I've had, I'm going to go back to a dating scenario where Mm -hmm. I was dating someone that I really love. Mm -hmm. Um, We definitely had a dynamic that was a little bit more, um, not really partnership but, uh, you know, deep friendship that was occasionally romantic. And at a certain point, she asked me to no longer allow it to be romantic and wasn't sure how we would transition it in her mind back to friendship. But in my mind, it had always been a friendship with just a little bit extra once in a while. Right. Because I was in the practice in myself of treating it as it is and recognizing that, that parts of it were temporary, especially because of uh, we're not always in each other's space, right? Right. I think there's something to be said as we get older, too. We start getting that... Um, you know, when we're young, every relationship is the relationship and it's going to, you know, it's going to take us down the road of eternity. And obviously that's because it's the fairy tale. Yeah. But once we start separating from the fairy tale and living in the reality of what love really is and what relationshiping really is, mm-hmm. we start recognizing that, oh, I can, I can still love this person to the end right. of the earth and back, but not be committed. Yes. And I can love a person like and, and actually feel romantic things for that person and still be in a space where like I've acknowledged my own version of heartbreak for that, mm-hmm. but I'm not living in it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not right. now, uh, treating them poorly. in a way in poorly. I'm, I'm having healthy boundaries around it where I am respecting them and, and I their think space. that's part of like accepting people where they are. Yes. Right. And letting that be what I think because I just told myself early on that it is what it's going to be and I can't make it what it's not right it wasn't as big of a deal when it changed but once you learned that practice yes of accepting something on someone where they are didn't it like click and start making things make more sense for you emotionally yes oh my god it took so much pressure off of so many things like I felt like square peg round hole like constantly in my life trying to make people into the puzzle pieces that I wanted them to be and then I realized I 
I don't have to be that way. Right. Everyone is out there living their life and their experience. Right. And the people you come to along the path side by side with, that's all it is, is side by side. Yeah. No matter how entwined your life is and no how no matter how complicated somebody right. might want to make it, it, is your side by side. You could even like you know, flip the planes and put belly to belly. Right. But you're still not the same being. And you weren't ever meant to be. Right. And what I also love about that is because I'm continuously changing and you are continuously changing yeah. and I have a sense of flexibility about the relationships outside of us, it has created more flexibility about the relationship of what we have. Yes. So as our puzzle pieces, as we connect, as that, those pieces change and ebb and yeah. flow, it's so much easier to deal with that or move with it or recognize that today is different than yesterday and tomorrow will be different than today and letting it be that it's so much better for us Mm -hmm. from my side and I love that now that doesn't take away the fact that you know sometimes like you know uh you you don't meet somebody where they are they don't meet you where you are and that hurts yes it does hurt still happens Mm. but I think this is a better coping tool to accept people where they are, you accept you, you're going to get through it. Heartache fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, but eventually you get past it. You move on, you grow, you change time, time heals all wounds. Right. And you march on. Absolutely. And I, you know, and I think it helps me stay open to getting my heart broken, you know, Mm. taking those risks and being like, no, this is how I feel because better to be loved and lost than never loved at all. Yes, yeah. but it's also nice because I can very clearly say to someone like, I have feelings for you. This is what those feelings are. But also understand that I am completely okay if you don't feel that way back. Right. And 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 I would, of course, want that to happen because that's fun. Sure. But it's not ever a requirement which takes so much pressure off of the person across from me and they can be more honest or be like, mm, I'm open to that, but I may right. not be feeling it yet. I have a handful of what I call my bi girls who who like boys and girls and like you know there's an ebb and flow to the way they relationship as well and so sometimes they're all about me and other times they're like I think we're just friends I'm like that's fine too right and you can let that be let it be what it is right now and Um, then don't be upset by or blamey by what somebody actually feels Right. I think when we honor what somebody actually thinks and feels, it keeps us from being passive. And mm. if we feel ourselves being hurt or in a negative space, that's something we need to talk about. Yes. Um, to make to bring this to a non-romantic place, mm. I think it's also helpful uh, loving people where they're at. I think it's helped me in my work relationships mm. uh, and uh, also in my, like me with my siblings. I'm the oldest of five kids. Right. And so uh, I'm not a parent, but I feel like at times I try to be their parent and sure. that's not healthy you or helpful. You too, yeah. I mean, that's arguable for some people, <laughs> but it feels that way at times. The, the idea though is like, if I can just love them where they're at and not expect them to be what they're not, oh, it's so much easier. For both of us. And I feel like if I was raising kids, I could be like, that's a two-year-old. Why am I trying to make them a 20-year-old or or (laughs) at least a 10-year-old? You know what I mean? I can just love them where they actually are and let them be the unique self that they are. That's something that I learned as a teacher as well, especially with preschool-age kids. Because Mm -hmm. the difference between a two-year-old and a four-year-old is not two years. It's 90. Yes. It's 100%. Difference. They're so different. It's only two years. Yeah. Now, the difference between a 13 and a 15-year-old, not as big a gap. Right. Right? But developmentally, 
Mm-hmm. You've got so many processes that happen in the human brain in that time. So I'm not going to talk to my two-year-old the same way I talk to my four-year-old, but I'm also not going to baby talk my five-year-old. Right. Well, what's interesting is like if you look at percentages like that and life experience, yeah. the gap between me and you mm-hmm. is getting smaller as we get older. Yeah. Like our age gap is right, we're, technically- what, six years, seven years? We're seven years, seven years apart. But if I was 20 and you were 27, that would be huge. Yeah. Fundamentally in, in life understanding. That's like, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's not always a big deal for some people who are super mature and, and, you know, obviously mentally capable to handle a mature relationship. But right. I'm saying like, it's much different as me as a 33 year old and you as a 40 year old, um, percentage wise. And, you know, at hopefully the future when it's 50 to 57 or whatever like that, the right. percentage gets smaller. So it's like, if you do the math in that way, it's completely different. I remember Christmas used to feel like eons away. And now I'm like, oh, why is it already Christmas? Already, yeah. I'm not, I wasn't ready. You know, like yeah. it just is a concept. So, um, I know, anyway. like, it's April already. It's April already. It's, I'm happy what? for my birthday. No, <laughs> can't already be April. I'm not ready. Um, anyway, uh, I, I think we tangents just a little bit, though That's I feel like right. it was fun. The uh, I was going to say, what are some skills that someone can use if they find themselves, if they check in with their behavior and they're like, ooh, I'm being passive a lot. How do you break out of that? How do you mm. uh, take that bold leap and, and start the conversation, have the conversation? Um, I think it's a matter of being really... Brutally honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Brutally honest does not mean picking on yourself or name calling or blaming no. for yourself or anyone else, but just being really honest and saying, okay, what's actually my problem? What is it that I need to redefine for myself? Or what is it that I need to actually define for myself? Sometimes we leave things open-ended and that's okay too. Oh yeah. It's okay not to know something about yourself. Did you guys know that? Sometimes you miss a step. What? Sometimes you miss a fact about yourself and that's fine. You, you have your whole life to figure it, the rest of you out. I'm going to do it right now. It's like, I give myself permission to not know everything right. all the time. There's one. <laughs> so oh. I just looked out the window and Eva is like dogging me. <laughs> like that dog is staring at me through the, the window. window. <laughs> She's a little mad because we, we put, her, put outside. her outside when we're podcasting because she barks a lot. Uh, she looked away. <laughs> <laughs> but... um. That's one way. Eva gets communication by her eyeballs, Mm -hmm. which is one way to do things. But like open communication, if you are trying to get yourself heard Mm -hmm. with clarity, a lot of times something that helps for me because I uh, am a verbal stumbler. I love to write something down, especially like if I'm at my rage point, if I'm just mad and just pissy and I know that it's nobody's fault, I'm going to write all that shit down and burn it later. Mm, that's a good one. You know, because uh, there's that symbol, symbol, symbolism. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you said word stumbler and it got I, in your subconscious. It sure did. It's okay. The symbolism <laughs> of taking something and lighting a fire to it and letting that like oh. burn down the feeling and then r- let the flames rise you from that space. It really feels like feeling it fully. Yes. So I definitely enjoy, you know, writing out my frustrations. Even if I'm in a blamey space, put that down on the page so I can see later what a freaking idiot I was being. But Mm. like, write it down, get it evolved, move yourself through it. Like, talk about all the talking points. If something's just like digging at you, digging. And eventually, if that point that you wrote down and it kept coming up and coming up and coming up, maybe that's the thing you need to address. 
Oh, yeah. Unless you're putting it there so you don't have to really address something else. Right, right, right. And you have then to know the difference. And usually the difference is, are you being avoidant of something or are you blaming? Right. Also blame is avoidance. Well, and something to keep in mind if you are doing your own soul searching and maybe on paper or whatever form it works for you, um, recognize that sometimes it's really easy to fixate on surface level things when you're hiding something deeper from yourself. Like I found, I've found at times that I will, if I start to get really nitpicky about little details, like the way someone does a dish, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm talking about like surface level, really not that big of a deal. As long as it gets done, it gets done things. Um, that probably means that there's a deeper conversation that I'm hiding from myself that I need to have. And sometimes it's with that person. Yeah. Like if I find myself being avoidant of a person, I don't want to make eye contact with the person. These are all tells to me about my own behavior. And it means that I need to check in and figure out what is that that's hiding from me Yeah, and then address it. And, and then, then I've got some ideas around how to address it in a minute. But for those of us who are like just armchair therapists, uh, if you've ever watched the show <laughs> Criminal Minds yeah. or Mind Hunters, yeah, or the TV show Lie to Me about a guy who's like a human lie detector. Yeah. All of those, take those as a symposium. Let that be where you learn what lies look like. <laughs> Seriously, like the micro expressions and the body language and how right. people... Yeah. And how are you treating yourself inside all of that? Right. And I think definitely the first layer of that is the self-analysis of mm-hmm. like, well, how am I being? How am I holding myself? Right. How am I talking to the person across from me and what am I what words am I using because oh my god there's so many times in my words there's literally in writing something called passive voice and active voice and when I was a writer Mm -hmm. my first editors were like you are you are such like you are in passive voice all the time and Mm -hmm. I was like what I didn't even know what that meant right because I was so in the habit um, maybe oh. as a woman, maybe as growing up Mormon, maybe as whatever, mm-hmm. I was l- trained myself in the avoidance technique for survival of emotional safety mm-hmm. to always be talking in passive voice. And so to actually go look up and read about active voice blew my mind. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And I've noticed now that when I use active voice in my marketing skills or in my emails, especially towards Absolutely. men, I get a much more positive response. We get shit done much faster and, mm-hmm. and more effective. It's so interesting, passive versus, versus active. And it's right. not aggressive versus passive. Right. This is passive versus active. Right. And it's, it's, uh, some of the things that it's like, um, taking things out of your conversation, the word maybe the word just, Oh, just is one of my big ones. I'm like, I'm just going to the store. It sounds, it's already feels like an excuse or an aggressive. Why do you have to have an excuse for going to the store? You're going to the store. Just own it. (laughs) And I just said, just own it, but like own own it. it. Yeah, and, and I, I want to look at those, and I try to look at those in my own conversation. Mm-hmm. When I'm typing out a text, I have a half second of reading that text and go, how would it feel to hear this text? I'd like, like it if maybe we could possibly stop right there. What the fuck do you want? You didn't say a single thing. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, I, I think it helps us direct our energy and our focus and our intention Passive into is being... Passive like you asking permission to even really exist or have a voice. And that is something that is put on women quite a bit. I was going to say, too, something I don't enjoy. Also, you do not have to take anything we say. Of course not. For, for reals. But something I was going to say back when we were talking about, like, uh, physical things. I actually enjoy standing with my arms crossed. I'm a person who oh, am yeah. comfortable in that because I have small boobs and I have uh, some upper back issues. So when mm. my arms are cross across my body, 
it's more comfortable than standing with my arms at my sides because right. it hurts my mid back. But if I stand with my arms folded in a group of people, I'm all, I'm I don't even. It, halfway through the time when I'm staying with my arms crossed, I'm like, oh no, they're going to think I'm judging them. Or that you're closed off. Right. And I'm like, I'm just listening. If right. my arms are down, I can't hear you because my back hurts too loud. Remember that when you, if you go watch some TED Talks right now on mm-hmm. like power posing and which is a very good one if you're trying, if you're struggling with your passivity mm-hmm. or um, body language, just understand that those are generalizations. There are always circumstantial things that are different. Like right. you, when you cross your arms, you're very relaxed about it. And I don't ever feel like you're closed right. off. I also know you. Yeah. And so those kinds of familiarities would change the dynamic. I am very shifty, but it's probably because I have low back issues. Right. You know, if I were to really go to the fundamentals mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah. And people tell me also that, that I seem really uncomfortable because I don't hold still. Oh, really? Yeah. People, yeah, I guess people, I've seen people say that to you, yeah. Yeah, but I'm not uncomfortable. I just, I just, I'm a mover. Yeah, you're excited and you express yeah. it physically. I am a physical person. You're a very physical communicator. I've always said my my soul is just too big for my body. <laughs> I think I was supposed to be six feet tall. I'm only 5'4". Yeah. <laughs> She's just trying to make some room. I could see that. I could see that. You have a big presence. Like I actually tell Lisa all the time that I forget she's shorter than me because her energy is so big that I will come up and hug you and I reach down. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're so cute. It happens to me a lot. Right. People forget that I'm short. Yeah. Oh. Even, even when I was teaching small children, yeah. parents, I would be out of the room of, of my classroom and I'd see like parents in the in the office and they'd be like, that's how tall you are? Yeah, when you're not around a bunch yeah. of kids. <laughs> also, because I'd always, you know, big, you know, you know teaching it's kids, like, you have to have big, big, big energy. It's like Napoleon Bonaparte. They oh, Everyone yeah. always thinks he's short just because he hung out with really, really tall men. But actually, he was really tall. He was a good sized man. Right. But you can't. It's just perceptional. Right. Um, the other thing I was going to say, so in addition to potentially looking up some YouTube videos, let's say you're you're struggling with your courage mm. about this. And this is something I've done. I used to deal a lot with fear and lack of confidence. So I watched some uh, YouTube videos on power posing, and it helped me a lot. When I would physically put my uh, body in a position of either standing like Wonder Woman or open arms or something like that. It, I like the Wonder Woman pose. Taking up space as a practice yes. is something that will actually help you start to rewire your brain and rewire your behavior. Mm-hmm. You can actually reverse hack. A lot of people think it's mind over matter. It's both. You can matter over mind and reprogram just as much as you can mind over matter reprogram. It actually yeah. works both ways. There's so much science to back it. So um, find, find some Googles. Lisa points this out to me sometimes. She's like, you can take up space. Like I'll start making myself small and try to squeeze in because I think I'm being kind. But really, I'm just diminishing myself. And and you are very kind in pointing that out to me at times. And I'll be like, right, I can take up just as much space as he can. Yeah. And that's not a problem. Right. That's those uh, studies that women have done, like walking down the street and saying, okay, I'm not going to move. I'm going to just walk in the space that I'm in and yeah. I'm not going to be the one who moves out of the way. And they're like, I ran into 17 men today. Right. Because men just assume you're going to move. And it's it's almost, it's a little bit more subconscious than conscious. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that too. Yeah. And and same with like, they, they, jo- they call it man spreading. Like men just sit down and spread their legs spread out and they take up like a seat and a half and right. women have to make themselves small to fit into society. Bullshit. No one needs to do that. It doesn't matter your gender. Like right. you can all take, we can all take up space. It's true. I feel like we've covered a lot of bases today. I really, <laughs> I really like it. I feel like we thoroughly have gone over being passive. There was one more thing that I was going to mention earlier about oh, being okay. passive. It was something about it. And well, I, here's the thing. If it's something you've forgotten, 
mm-hmm. and you think about it later, we can bring it we up. We can always it. readdress it. Because you can always readdress things, people. Right? It is okay to readdress what is on your mind. Yeah. Ah, yeah. She still oh, it. I found it. <laughs> she found it. I found it. Okay. I'm an overthinker. Mm. So if I... Pre- Excuse me while I go overthink this. Seriously. <laughs> so if I pre-plan an argument, a conversation, and I have like a debate mapped out, I'm going to... It's not going to fucking work. It's mm. not how real conversations happen. Nope. It's like, you know, the the shower is also known as the argument simulator. Yeah. Yeah. That conversation never happens. No the matter what it is. argument simulator. Yeah. yeah. It never it never happens that way. But how many like, of you have stood in the shower and had that argument a couple of times? Like, you know, you've stood there yep. yelling at the shower handle because you're short like me. You can't yell at the shower head. <laughs> <laughs> the shower oh. head's way too high for me. <laughs> Some of you it. may have yelled at the shower head. I, I can't reach it. <laughs> You're adorable. <laughs> yeah. But we've all done it. Yeah. We've, we've had all... like, we have all the best rebuttals and we're right. ready and we got our right. logic and our, and we just, we own it. And then it never, so what I'm saying is like, you know, check in with yourself, know your stuff, but know that once you step into that conversation, just like you want them to hear you. You need to be open to hearing them. Indeed. So you know, like the conversation is going to go places that you don't expect. So don't try and prep for that. Right. Prep for being present, mm-hmm. open, mm-hmm. connected, mm-hmm. understanding, mm-hmm. and share your authentic thoughts and feelings. Boom. And from there, when you both have all the data, then you can shift it into a place of creativity where you create new opportunities for each other and how you relationship. Agreed. Like literally every relationship is just an ongoing conversation. So yes. go there, have it and and create and reestablish boundaries as often as you need to, to feel happy and to feel safe and to, and to thrive with the person that you're across from. I agree. Yay. Wholeheartedly. Absolutely. I think we solved it. I, I th- think we covered it. <laughs> it's done. It's solved. We're done. Yeah. All right. We Last podcast episode. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, hanging out with us today. Yes, yeah, thanks is... for listening. Give us a shout out. Send us an email. Send us a message. Shout on... out to Lisa, since yeah. I'm not available. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> Go to uh, it's uh, what the ship are you doing at gmail.com is also available to you. And uh, we would love to hear your thoughts, feelings, feedback. And if you have any topic ideas for us, because yeah, what do you want to hear us talk about? Love yeah. talking. We do. We really do. <laughs> We can spark a conversation and go for days. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.